understand this, that in the days, in the, day, the last days, distressing times will come. For people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, inhumane, implicable, slanderers, profligates, brutes, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to the outward form of godliness but denying its power. Avoid them. For among them are those who make their way into households and captivate silly women, overwhelmed by their sins and swayed by all kinds of desires, who are always being instructed and can never arrive to a knowledge of the truth. As Janus and Jambri opposed, opposed Moses, so these people of corrupt mind and counterfeit faith also oppose the truth. But they will not make much progress, because, as in the case of those two men, their folly will become plain to everyone. Now you have observed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions, and my suffering the things that happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. What persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. Indeed, all who want to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted. But wicked people and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving others and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learnt and firmly believed, knowing from whom you've learnt it and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. Good evening, everyone. Oh, yeah, I haven't, haven't muted myself this time. So we're in the third chapter of the book of 2 Timothy. You'll remember last week, if you were here, Roland preached on 2 Timothy chapter 2. Um, we had all the voting on our phones and everything, and he preached on those different models of discipleship. The hardworking farmer, see if I can remember this. The hardworking farmer, the ordinary and ornate utensils, the, the, the athlete who ran the race according to the rules, and the soldier who tried to impress um, his ranking officer. Is that right? Is that all four? I think they're in the wrong order, but those are the four that we looked at last week. And that passage from last week leads straight on, of course, to 2 Timothy chapter 3, a chapter that starts in quite a dramatic way. Paul says, you must understand this. He's talking to Timothy and he says, what I'm about to say, you have to understand this. This is really important. And I think actually, although he was speaking to Timothy a long time ago, what he's about to say has a high level of importance for us here today as well. Paul's main message of this chapter is to continue in your faith and your discipleship to Jesus and don't be swayed by other people, by lies of others. Continue in the truth of the Bible. Don't, don't get swayed away by what other people say and the lies that they might bring. I wonder if you've ever had an encounter with some false information that has led you down uh, the wrong path. There are obviously some very serious and maybe even dangerous examples of this, but I've brought one this evening that will hopefully make you laugh. 
So when I was about 13 or 14, uh, my dad used to take these cod liver oil tablets. If you don't know what they are, they're, they're about the size of a small grape, maybe a little bit thinner, and they're basically the, the oil you extract from the gut of a fish. Apparently it's good for you, but they put them in capsules because it tastes so bad, so you can just swallow it whole. And one day he said to me, oh, Cam, you should take these as well because they're very good for you. Uh, and I said, sure, why not? Um, I'll just do what my dad tells me to do. And he says, what you do? They taste like orange. You put two in your mouth and you bite them. Uh, uh, <laughs> you can tell the kind of relationship I have with my father. Uh, so I, I blindly trust me. I, I, I bit them and honestly, it was so bad. I felt really sick. It tasted honestly like rotten fish. And I couldn't get that taste out of my mouth all afternoon. It was really bad. I did get my revenge back on him. Unfortunately, it doesn't like, add to the sermon, so there's no point in me telling you. But ask me after the service if, if you want to. Because uh, it is really funny as well, to be fair. What, what am I on about? Right. Uh, so if, you, if you're going to take one thing from this evening away, don't, don't bite them. Don't, don't listen to what anyone says. Don't bite them. It's, it's, it's not good. Uh, Paul is giving Timothy a warning about lies. I wish somebody would have warned me about that one before it happened. But Paul is giving Timothy a warning about lies. Look at verse 8 when Paul talks about a counterfeit faith. And verse 5, people that oppose the truth and how Timothy needs to be careful and avoid them. Paul illustrates this like, really clear vision of two very different ways to live. Uh, one which is kind of living, living the way God wants us to live, not the truth of the Bible, and the other one is like a worldly way, a, a way of just kind of pleasing yourself, a selfish way of living. Obviously, there was a lot of things in that, in that passage. Um, I thought I'd just kind of condense it into a, a color-coordinated table. That, um, yeah, brilliant, it's on the board. Uh, so basically, I, I kind of slimmed it down to the, the attitudes of, towards God, people, and money. So people who kind of live um, for love of oneself, solely for personal kind of pleasure, will ignore God. God, God instructs us in the Bible that actually you know, the world doesn't revolve around us. We have a responsibility beyond ourselves, and somebody wanting to rule their own life doesn't, doesn't want to hear that. So somebody who, who lives for self-love, well, they'll ignore God. Other people, well, they'll think, Actually, you know, people to be used. Now, I'll, I'll be in a friendship with you if it, if it benefits me. You know, there's maybe a lack of forgiveness, maybe not very much selfless love, uh, and maybe if, if a relationship stops serving one party, maybe that person will be let go. And money is what um, this passage tells us, that these people will love. People who will love money, and that will be the devotion of their life. But God's way, the truth, the way that we want to be following, it says, well, God, God is to be worshipped. Somebody that follows God will understand how much God means to us, how we need God. You know, Jesus died for us and he calls us for repentance and that's what we do as Christians. So God is to be worshipped, adored and loved. People are also to be loved. God says, love your neighbour as yourself. Forgive others for the wrongs that they have done to you. Love selflessly. And whilst money is still valued, it, it has a purpose rather beyond oneself to be used for the greater good of others. Two very different ways to live, leading in two different directions and arriving at two different destinations. Don't let that way, as tempting as sometimes it looks, sway you from the truth 
of following Jesus. What, what does this look like practically today? A helpful place to start exploring this is by looking at Janus and Jambres. You might have heard their names come up in the passage. Um, has anybody ever watched like the children's cartoon Prince of Egypt? You watched? Yes, we've got a few. That's, that's surprisingly low. I'm a little bit disappointed. It's the, um, the animation depicting the, the life of Moses. It's brilliant. Uh, I've got a screenshot of it. This, this is Janus and Jambres. Uh, the, those figures, if you remember them from the film. And they're mentioned in our passage today from 2 Timothy chapter 2. In the story of Moses, Moses had the truth. He was preaching the truth. He was preaching the word of God. And he was performing miracles with the power of God. Whereas Janus and Jambres, they were mimicking some of these miracles and saying, no, that's not the truth. We have the truth. They were trying to sway people away from what Moses was preaching. Uh, For example, one of the things they they would do is Moses turned water into blood and then they found a trick way of doing that as well, saying, hey, look, we can do it as well. Moses hasn't got all the truth. But obviously their reign of, of, of tricks and deceit came to an end because they kind of picked a fight against a divine God. They, they didn't win. They didn't win. And correct me if I'm wrong, but this kind of stuff just doesn't happen today. I, I've never come across anyone turning water into blood, denouncing the truth of the Bible. Um, so whilst this obviously bears truth for us, there are people trying to say, no, that's not the truth. This is, this is the way to live. Trying to pull you away from the truth. Well, what does it actually look like today? So there are people, organizations, and cultural norms uh, around us that oppose the truth of the Bible. They present this counterfeit way of living, this gospel, uh, and can lead people to having a corrupt mind. And this actually sometimes happens within church as well as at school or work or other places. And if Paul was here preaching on this now, he'd be saying, this is what you need to understand. Pay attention to this. Um, The adverts on TV that make us feel like we need more stuff to feel more content and fulfilled with our life. The pressure we receive to to join in gossip, whether that's at work, church, or school. The temptation we get from seeing other people do really well for themselves by lying and cheating. Uh, People who claim to follow Jesus, but their words and actions just don't seem to match up. Take a minute to think of those things that surround you in your life that try to pull you away from from that walk you have with Jesus? What are they in your life? Hard to see the consequences of them now, but like how Paul highlighted the the folly of Jambres and Janus, there is a downfall to living in ignorance of the truth of the Bible. Like I've been saying, you know, two different ways to live, but they're two different directions, arriving at two different destinations. You need to hold to the truth. Hold to what the Bible says and continue in faith. But there is a problem with this. It's not as easy as just, okay, I'll just believe what's true then because what is true? How can we be sure what absolute truth is? Who's lying? Who's speaking the truth? Like we get all of our information today from social media, the news. It's like an array of loads of different opinions all the world knowledge, all discoveries and everything that humanity knows, it's on the internet. It's just in this maze of opinions and rubbish as well. Sometimes it's hard to pick out well, what's true and what's not. 
People speak with biases. People speak with hidden agendas. How do we know? How can we know what is absolutely true? And I think the answer is spelled out for us in verse 16 of 2 Timothy chapter 3. All scripture is God-breathed. It's written by people, but fully inspired by God. And what can be more reliable than the words of the person who created us, and created the whole world? So when we encounter these difficult people or situations, or we're not sure what's true and what's not, we look to the Bible, because that has the answers there, all the answers. And we can be absolutely sure every time that the Bible is speaking the truth. And the Bible cannot only just be used to deflect the kind of lies and deceit that comes from everywhere around us, but it helps us to to keep moving forwards in our faith, moving forwards in our discipleship to Jesus. Is anyone here, like self-proclaimed, a good cook? No one? Come on, don't be modest. Uh, Brilliant. We've got we've got a couple of cooks. We've got a couple of Barry's holding. Yeah, very, <laughs> he's very good at cooking. Um, I, I, since I've been married, um, I've had to up my game really because before I, I wasn't really good. I was, I was pretty satisfied with the more basic uh, of meals. But we made the decision together that actually this is something I need to get better at. Um, it was together, honestly. Um, um, I needed to get better at it really, um, and. I'd say I'm pretty, I'm pretty good now, if I don't say so myself. Uh, when we got home after... Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, this, this lunchtime, when me and my wife got home, uh, she had a bit of a headache. I said, don't worry, I'll cook, I'll cook. Uh, and half an hour later, I went up for a lunch. She said, this is actually pretty good. So her word's not mine. Um, but I'd, I still, most of the time, use a recipe book. I still, I still need to use a recipe book because I'm a little bit forgetful and sometimes really clumsy. I mean, even today, I was wondering why the onions were taking so long to cook, and it's because I hadn't turned the hob on yet. Uh, so having a recipe book there for me is really, really helpful. Before I start, before I start, I'll read the whole method so I know what's to come, um, so I don't miss anything as, as we go. So I'll read the whole method, but I, I don't just then close the book and put it aside and then get on with it. I need to keep referring back to it, probably more than most people, but I need to keep referring back to it to make sure I'm still on track, that I haven't missed anything to make sure I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not a, I've got the right temperature on the oven or the hub. Uh, and I see this a little bit like using our Bible to continue in our life and in our discipleship to Jesus. We don't just read it once at the beginning of our life or just very, very occasionally and rely on completely on our memory. No, it's something we should turn back to like very regularly. Because, as it says in verse 16, it's helpful for training in righteousness. So when we turn back it, we can see tips and tricks and how we can live in a closer step with Jesus. It rebukes us. So if we're doing something wrong, if we're about to burn our onions, and he'll say, no, turn, turn it down. Whatever it is in your life that maybe the Bible wants to correct. Um, and all other things. We, we turn back to the Bible like we do a clumsy chef <laughs> turning back to the recipe book because it can help us to move forward in, in good understanding of what the truth is. So I, I bit into a cod liver oil tablet. Pretty harmless, really, but a mistake I made because I was uninformed. Don't let this happen to you when it comes to something much more serious. 
Know the truth and hold to it. Use it to detect the stuff that's trying to influence you and pull you away from the truth. Use the Bible to detect it and stay clear of it. And keep referring back to that recipe book for life and salvation. The more we read our Bible, the closer we'll be able to walk with Jesus. Um, and just as the, the band come up ready to lead us in our next song, I, I just thought, if, if you don't follow Jesus, I thought I'd just give you something to ponder about during our next song. In all of those messages that we receive from all over the place that we're bombarded with, it is tough working against working out what the truth is amongst a lot of lies. Consider this claim. Consider this claim from 2 Timothy chapter 2 that all scripture, which is the Bible, is breathed by God himself, completely true and trustworthy, and is useful for learning what life is really all about. The way of living that leads in the direction of life. Let me lead you in a prayer. Oh, Father, we thank you that you have given us the Bible, your word, the truth. I pray that in all of our lives, you'd help us to hold tightly to that truth, that it would help us to deflect the things that seek to pull us away, and that we would be inspired to keep turning back to it so we can keep moving forwards in our faith and our discipleship to you. In Jesus' name, amen.